You are listening to Present Truth Ministries Radio, telling the world that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Welcome to PTM Radio. I'm your host, Brother Jason DeMars, and I'm excited uh, for this episode. We have Brother Dwayne Lawson with us, and we're going to have him tell his testimony and some testimonies about the uh, ministry that the Lord has called him to, and and, uh, perhaps we'll get to some a few uh, outstanding uh, supernatural testimonies that I've uh, heard him share on a number of occasions. So, um, just remind everybody, you can find us on the web at ptmradio.com and uh, call us with questions or feedback or testimonies at 612-293-6846. So welcome, Brother Dwayne. Uh, why don't you just introduce yourself, let us know where you're from and, and uh, where you're living now and all that wonderful stuff. Thank you, Brother Jason. Yeah, I'm Dwayne Lawson, and uh, I'm currently in Lima, Ohio. Uh, we attend the services of Brother Ray Erickson, True Word Tabernacle, there in Bluffton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been in the ministry about 20 years, mm-hmm. been here in Ohio for the last uh, four years. Uh-huh. And we're working from here doing mission work and evangelism. Wonderful. Wonderful. Where are you originally from? I'm originally from Black Rock, Arkansas. Uh, it's about 30 miles from Jonesboro, Arkansas, Okay. where, as you know, was one of the largest meetings that Brother Branham had down uh, mm-hmm. in his beginning of his meetings mm-hmm. all the way back in 1947. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so our association with the ministry of William Branham goes all the way back to 47. Uh, right. I had my grandparents was there, or one of my, my granddad was in that meeting and mm. my wife's grandparents was in that meeting. Mm. So, uh, so our families have been uh, connected to the ministry of William Branham since 47. Wow. Well, and I, I I presume there's quite a number of churches and believers in that area as a result of that, uh, those meetings? Yeah, there's not actually a church right in Jonesboro, Arkansas, okay. but there is within, say, a two-hour radius to Jonesboro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's at least, well, I think, four, maybe five churches, very, mm-hmm. you know, good, thriving churches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, wonderful. So... That's how you, 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 did you basically grow up in the message, so to speak? Well, actually, yeah, we, we began, uh, my, my dad actually came out of the denominations and as a young boy. And uh, so he came into okay. the message, I think, in 1964. Okay. And my mother, her, her parents, uh, my, my mother's mother was a Pentecostal preacher. Huh. And her her brother was the pastor of the church where I originally grew up. Mm-hmm. And um, so my mother was connected to the church and things uh, from her mm-hmm. from a young age herself. So my grandmother would have been one of the women preachers that uh, huh. that would have sat down when she heard the message of the hour. Huh. And uh, she, she, you know, uh, she'd been challenged by that. But um, huh. so I, I actually, when I was born, my, my mother and father was part of the, the assembly there. And I grew up till I was probably eight or nine years old. We was a part of that assembly. Okay. And then, and then some things happened and, and, uh, and we fell away from the assembly and the church and you, you know how life mm-hmm. takes over when you're not feeding experiences and things. And, yeah. And so most of my uh, childhood, I, I was not in church. I, I actually, mm. uh, 
just you know just grew up as a American kid and mm-hmm. uh, what what we call good old boys and uh, <laughs> and really good old boy I wasn't that good of an old boy you yeah know? Uh, but uh, but life had its uh, life had its impact on us and mm-hmm. the world not being in church not not giving my life to the Lord you know yeah. other than just a I want to live for the Lord but mm-hmm. I didn't have any uh, didn't have an experience with God or uh-huh. nothing to hold as a young man so um, I grew up in the world actually actually a slave of sin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely it's same. Same here, you know, we, we didn't, uh, we weren't a message family. We were actually Lutheran, and I myself, you know, with with the Bible influence uh, upon my life, still, you know, was uh, a worldly kid and growing up and end up, you know, it comes to, for me, it came to, uh, came to a, a crossroads, you know, where that I was walking in sin, living in sin, using drugs and alcohol and you know maybe not to a, a terrible addictive extent but still you know my life was marked by the devil and uh then god brought me to that crossroads and so i'm 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 guessing i'm i'm pretty sure it's an and it's an educated guess since i've heard your testimony uh before don't don't recall every detail that uh you came to that crossroads as well and uh talk to me a little bit about that yeah well well, of course, yeah, that crossroads was when I was about 20 years old, 21, something right in there. And, uh, but, you, you know, uh, having, having been out of the church, I had, I actually, there was five of us children mm-hmm. and uh, four boys. And my oldest brother had gotten involved in, um, in drugs. He, he actually had cancer when he was a child. Mm-hmm. And the Lord, uh, nine or 10 years old, the Lord really moved for his behalf, um, and saved his life. He had some surgery and things, but I mean, he just just miraculously had preserved his life from bone cancer. And uh, and then he got he got kind of mixed up into the world uh, with some drugs and some some real bad characters. And that and that as well fell on my older brother, who mm. was just older than I. Mm-hmm. And so the two of them kind of went in it. And as a younger brother you know uh, they kind of tried to lead me and and or you know just by their lifestyles i kind of went the same way Mm -hmm. and drugs Mm -hmm. and alcohol and things which which just by the grace of god you know drugs didn't stick i didn't become an addict or Mm -hmm. or anything like that Mm it's just really a grace and uh, yeah but so you know just um just the common woes of a young man you know and uh but Mm -hmm. then when i was about I would say I was, well, I was a freshman in college, actually. I'd just mm-hmm. taken the first uh, semester, and um, and a, a buddy of mine, an evangelist, was my uncle. He was going up north to preach here in, in Dayton, Ohio, actually, mm. and he was holding some camp meetings, and I hadn't been in church in years. He asked me, he said, well, will you go with me up to those meetings and drive? <laughs> and I said, sure, I'll, I'll go, you know, and uh, and so I went with him, and, and through those meetings, I'll tell you, man, uh, you know, what, what had been just a little bitty voice mm-hmm. in my heart that mm-hmm. I wanted to, to be a Christian, it grew to an engulfing flame. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, during those meetings, I, it moved on me so powerfully. And by the, I don't remember, maybe his first, second night, something like that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they made an altar call. And I didn't go to the altar, but I turned around and prayed in my seat. Mm-hmm. And brother, uh, the heavens opened. <laughs> I mean, just God. the power of God came in, and uh, and His mercy moved on us. 
and um, and then again we had another service and and I committed my life you know and and the Lord really moved gave me a I had just a real uh, just a real communion with with the Lord about some things and mm-hmm. I I decided well I'm just going to live for God so I'll go back yeah. to Arkansas and uh, and you know and I had. I had uh, girlfriends and connections and friends and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I, I went into church and, and I think I lasted two weeks uh, <laughs> before somebody said something that just really offended me. And, uh-huh. uh, and I let my offense become a, become a real, uh, division. Mm-hmm. And I, and I left and didn't go back to the church. I think it was a solid two years. I wouldn't even go to the church, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. And I went right back into everything that I had committed. You know, I wasn't going to do it. And and mm-hmm. and to be honest, you know, my commitment was just a just an intellectual. Uh, I I don't want to do this anymore. And, yeah. You know, I'm going to live for the Lord. And yeah. But uh, during that two years, uh, there'd been a little something sparked in my heart, and mm-hmm. and and it was a nightmare to me. You know, I mean, God was calling me, and the Spirit of the Lord was moving to to beckon me. And I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't go to a, a party. I couldn't go to the woods. I, I mean, just everywhere <laughs> I went, whatever I did, it was just such a draw on my life. Uh-huh. And I, I could not get away from it. Right. Uh, and so about two years of that, and I felt like I was in a war zone, hmm. I mean, you know. Um, and so finally, um, I, I just one night I went to the church for something, and, and I, I I'm assuming someone had invited me, maybe not, mm-hmm. but I just went, and uh, a brother was preaching that night, and mm-hmm. I, I went in and sat down in the church, and and before the man was finished preaching, I mean, hey, I didn't even let him get finished. I mean, I just ran to the altar. You know? <laughs> uh, I've told a lot of times that I, you know, just a, a poor country boy, you know, and I, <laughs> I'd finally got me these really nice cowboy boots. They were so nice. And uh, I'd wore them for about a year and a half, and, 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 and the bottoms of them had wore out. Mm. I, and I was sitting there in the front row, and uh, I was wearing them boots and and I looked you know I looked okay but I knew there was holes in the bottom of them and I sat there and about the time that you know I decided I'm going to give my life to the Lord you know I'm just going to I'm just going to surrender my life I'm going to kneel down at this altar and I'm just going to just going to give my heart to God a little voice would say yeah but you got them holes in the bottom of your <laughs> shoes and when you <laughs> when you kneel down you you're going to see them holes <laughs> So after a little while, uh, I, I decided that that must be the devil. And mm. uh, if I if I sat there much longer, just like if I knew that if I didn't get up and go right then, uh-huh. that I would never make that step. And so I just I just got it right into the brother's sermon and just mm-hmm. just ran to the altar. And uh, mm-hmm. why within just a couple minutes there was you know forty or fifty people hovering over me praying. You know? mm-hmm. Because all the church people, most of them knew me. I was, uh, yeah. you know, I was. It was family, you know, uncles yeah. and aunts and cousins and, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, sister and mama, you know, and everybody was, you know. So <laughs> when I knelt at that altar, they wasn't gonna let me get up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they gathered around me and prayed, and I'll tell you, after a little while, the power of the Spirit began to move. Mm. And um, but you know, brother Jason, there was something happened to me in that service. Mm-hmm was I, I made a decision in my heart mm-hmm. that I was going to serve God. Amen. And, and I made a decision that I, I had come to the Lord two years before that, 
and that an offense had had knocked me away. Yeah. And sin had ate and eroded my decision. Mm-hmm. And so when I came to that decision, I realized something. I realized that this is not enough. Mm. I, I I know this is not enough. Yes. I know the message is right. I know that Jesus Christ died for my sins. I know that I want to serve God. Mm-hmm. But if I don't get more than I got the last time mm-hmm. that I made a decision, I will never be able to follow through with my commitment to God. Yeah. So from that moment, I began to consecrate my life and I began to make my, my life right. I began to go and try to correct any wrong, anything that I could get out of my heart, mm-hmm. things that I'd told and done and and things that were that were compelling me that you need to fix this. You know, you've done wrong here. And um and and I think for maybe two or three months or a month, I don't remember it was a little period of time there. Uh-huh. And I spent every night at the altar, every prayer service at the altar, mm-hmm. praying for the Holy Spirit and something would come up, I'd just go fix it. Well till finally, <laughs> just when I prayed, there was nothing there. It was just nothing. There was nothing. There was nothing to fix. There was nothing. You know, this is wrong or that is wrong or you shouldn't have done this. There just nothing was left there. Amen. And um, and that was the night the Lord uh, sealed me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the Marvelous. power of God came in the room and uh, and I I was I finally had something uh, mm-hmm. that would that would keep me and, and that my commitment could have power in it. Mm. Mm. Amen. Amen. That's wonderful. So, you know, some people have a a testimony how that, well, I came to know the Lord and then later I came to know the message. But for you, it was basically uh, the two experiences were one. You know, you you knew the message, you were a part of it, and you came to Christ within the reality of the message. Yeah, well, yeah, when, when I grew up as a child, uh, mm-hmm. We had a picture of the prophet in our hall, mm-hmm. you know, the house. My dad had a picture there, and yeah. and in uh, in the name, uh, the name of the Lord Jesus, which mm-hmm. the pictures were there of our Lord, and uh, you know, hovering over our beds, and you know, mm-hmm. the name of the Lord Jesus was respected with great reverence. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you didn't take the name of the Lord in vain, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, 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 there was sinful things, yeah. but as far as a respect for the Bible and for truth. And uh, and that William Branham was a prophet of God, and there was no there was no question concerning that. Um, you know, I had brothers that were that were pretty rough in the world, mm-hmm. uh, but but if you know uh, they were redneck rough. I mean, like you know, fighting, <laughs> drinking, right? Um, but if you would have condemned the name of William Branham or Jesus Christ, or you know, you would have threw something against the church. You know, they would have took out uh, their roughness on you. <laughs> so there was there was a tremendous respect mm-hmm. uh, for for William Branham and and because you know I mean Brother Branham told he was uh, he was a man that told the truth and he he was a man that his impact and influence on on country boys and kids you know uh, setting traps and swimming in the river, <laughs> fishing and yeah. shooting and. You know, it, it, I can remember three or four years old. We lay on the bed and listened to the life story of William Branham, and, yeah. And uh, and 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 it gripped a young heart. You oh know? yeah. I mean, it made you it made you know that 
this man is real. You know, I mean, uh, <laughs> whatever anybody would ever say, this, this man is a representation of the of the life of Jesus Christ. He mm-hmm. he's a, he's a real witness of God. Yeah. And so when I repented, uh, there wasn't even um, a question that William Branham was a prophet or yeah. that Jesus Christ was the Son of God yeah. and that His blood had died. There was none of that was an issue. The issue with me was that I I, I couldn't live what I knew to be right. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the, so so the real issue was is that I needed a conversion in my soul to be able to have uh, something that would that would bring me in line with the teachings. And uh, and you, and you know as well that that even with many confessed Christians that mm-hmm. remains the same uh, testimony. You know, yeah. what I mean, um, pe- people will receive easily that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that He raised from the dead and yep. that His life has come back to witness in the church. But now, had, does that life have preeminence mm-hmm. in them? And uh, and I find that that's what I really. For me, that was the area that I needed that to have a preeminence in my heart, and um, and nothing could make my heart the kingdom of God except for the Holy Ghost, and mm-hmm. and I knew that, mm-hmm. but I knew the Holy Ghost wasn't just a, a shaking and emotions, and, and which you know I know all that comes along with it, but right. it, it, I knew it was more than that. I yeah. knew that it would be a, a, a keeper, and it would be a, a, a something that would bring preeminence of Christ in the heart. Yeah, absolutely. It's you know I'm I'm interviewing different people and it, it comes to me that you know God deals with each one of us in a different way he he you know un- understanding you know God's sovereign um, election in our lives and that we were a part of Him before the foundation of the world so no, knowing that God places us in the exact family with the exact people exact circumstances to bring us to a certain place, and then even yourself as a minister, uh, you know, the Lord has a certain type of ministry for you to to express himself in a, in a, a precise way through your life. And so he deals with you in your experience to bring you to this point, and now you're an evangelist and you're, you're dealing with many of these issues as you minister to the people because you yourself have been through it. And so, you know, my own experience of how the Lord has dealt with me and, uh, you know, it's in other places and people listen, so I won't go into the details, but, you know, how the Lord dealt with me was, you know, through through a couple of Presbyterian Calvinists, staunch Calvinists. <laughs> and so they, wonderful. they talked theology with me. They talked uh, the deep things of the scriptures. And so this, this, begin to touch my heart, you know, God's, God's saving grace, God's justifying mm-hmm. us by faith. And, you know, I even was a part of a church that was really focused on teaching the deep things of the word. And, and then the message came and it just fit like a glove. And so then God begins to call me and he, he calls me with that, that, that gift of, of, of teaching and establishing the, the deep things of the word in people's heart. And so God dealt with me in that specific way to bring me to this ministry. God dealt with you in that specific way to bring you to this ministry. And it's just something in you. You can't. Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, it's it's amazing. Yeah. And, and, and that's in just being new, Mm -hmm. uh, is effective. Yeah. (laughs) And if you just can relax and you know, as well as I, that 
uh, that being in contact with other ministries and and the greatness that you see God use your brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you see brothers that are in, 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 and I have been under that as well. You mm-hmm. know the pressure of it. Yeah. Uh, that that you know you're not as effective, or that maybe if you done it like they did it, you know. But <laughs> but the Holy Spirit has so arranged your heart and your life to yeah. that if you can relax and be who God made you. Yeah. I mean, you know you're that instrument that He made for yeah. that reason and purpose. You know. Absolutely. But uh, you know I. It, when you when you're growing up, you know, just just looking backwards, you know, I didn't realize that I would have to withstand mm-hmm. so many unbelief and so much doubt and mm-hmm. so much criticism. And, you know, but now I know, you know, when I was a little child, I could hear my grandpa, you know, my, my own granddad. You know, I'm, I'm a center kid. I'm sitting on his couch, you <laughs> know, talking with my grandpa, whom I trust. Mm hmm who's just an old fisherman and a hunter. He's nobody, you know, uh, and has no reason to, yeah. to be anybody but who he is. Yeah. And um, and he would give me the account, you know, mm. of, of going to the meetings of William Branham. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, you know, uh, he, he would sit and look at a, at a little boy that was standing. He said, I'm standing, you know, watching this happen on the platform, mm. a little boy talking to Brother Branham. He said, the boy's deaf. And then Brother Branham prays for him. And he says... He's the boy don't talk and he don't hear. He said, then all of a sudden he said, Brother Bram's talking to him and saying, you know, repeat after me. And he said, the little boy just says what Brother Bram says, repeat after me. <laughs> and he says, he's never heard words. He don't have a vocabulary. He don't, you know, and he said, I'm hearing him just repeat back what, what Brother Bram says to him. He said, so we follow him outside. Hmm. And he said, follow him. And there he is outside. And we ask him, you know, you know. Uh, uh, were you deaf? And he'd just repeat, were you deaf? <laughs> you know, he didn't, he didn't have a vocabulary. And, wow. Uh, so he, he literally was standing there the first time a kid ever heard or spoke, you know? Wow. And so he's, these are the stories, you know, that we grew up with. We, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we grew up knowing that, um, I had an aunt that was in one of the meetings, my great aunt, actually my, my grandmother's sister, that was, uh, in a meeting and refused to bow her head. She mm-hmm. was, she was angry. Because of the uh, prayer line, she wasn't able to get in. She refused to bow her head in reverence. Mm. Epileptic spirit, uh, um, the spirit of epilepsy left a little child mm. and, and got on her. Oh. And and she lived her whole life with epilepsy after that meeting. Mm. So we sing the power uh, of the ministry early on. You know, yeah. We grew up with these things right yeah. in our home. We sing the good. We sing the bad. Yeah. And but one thing it left you was knowing that this is real. Yeah. And and so you know uh, you, you know my my wife's granddad uh, had serious back injuries and mm-hmm. he was in a meeting uh, in Jeffersonville. He's coming through the prayer line and Brother Bram stops him, tells him who he is, tells him why he's there, <laughs> tells him his back pain, tells him you wanted me to lay hands on you now and and put his hands on him. And uh, he could take you and show you in the book, you know, where his name was and what he, <laughs> he just <laughs> laid the holy. So, so we we grew up this way, yeah. you know. And and even whether you lived for the Lord or you didn't live for the Lord, these things were just true. Yeah, um, they was just as true as that George Worston was president. <laughs> so when when I gave my life to Jesus Christ and I began to minister, well, it never it never entered my mind 
that these things were not true. Hmm. You, you know, I, I never yeah. had to come to the point to say, well, these things happened or they didn't happen. It just was true. Mm-hmm. And, and you just taught it that way. Yeah. And so it was years before I realized people really didn't believe these things, you know. <laughs> so so when I began to come into contact with people like that, I, I just, you know, I thought, my, what's the matter with them? You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, th- these these are true things, you know. Mm-hmm. And so God places that. I think he does place things in, in your life and, yeah. and even in your raising when you're not even in the Lord. Yeah, you know, uh, absolutely. Things that shaped you and molded you and, and yep. things that he can use. Yep. Yeah, a- absolutely right. You know, and there's things that you can't even, looking back, you didn't know why you didn't engage in a certain activity or behavior. And now you look back and say, wow, that was the grace of God all the time keeping me from this or from that thing or from the other thing. And then there's other people they end up engaging in that particular behavior or or thing, and you're like, man, you're telling your testimony, and it, God protected me from that, but He didn't protect them from that, and they have a different testimony, yeah. and that's for a pur- that's all for a reason. It's all for a purpose. So we're uh, we're coming up here at the end of our episode, and we didn't even take a break because we were enjoying uh, talking so much. But uh, this is the end of our episode for the week. Uh, this is part one of our interview with brother Dwayne Lawson so thank you everyone for listening to PTM radio and we'll be back again next week with part two may the Lord richly bless you